And so, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth and the reflections of our hearts and minds together in these moments be found pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, we reflected largely on a passage from the beginning of the book of Isaiah. And we looked at this pattern that there is that repeats throughout Scripture of how we are invited to come and to gather, to learn, and then to live differently. Come, learn, live differently. And I want to almost extend that reflection this morning as we think about the passages that we've heard. Now that passage from Matthew's Gospel is uh, a dramatic one in all sorts of ways. A man walking on water, it's impossible. That could be anyone's reaction to that story, except since it is one of the more familiar stories to any of us who've spent any time in church, most of us are kind of used to the idea, and it doesn't have the same potency or drama as if we're reading it for the first time. And that's a challenge, I think. Now, the story um, about Peter is actually unique among uh, the gospel accounts of the incidents. All four gospels, the books of the Bible that tell us about the story of Jesus, include the story of Jesus walking on the water and calming the raging sea. And all four of the gospels within those stories proclaim that Jesus is Lord as part of their telling. But Matthew's Gospel, the first of those four stories, is the only one that gives us the story of Peter walking on the water. And in this telling, the writer weaves this into an essential message of Jesus about discipleship and about the mission of the church. Think about what happens. First, in the middle of all that's going on, the wind, the waves, the terror... Peter focuses on Jesus. Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come onto the water. He said, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and he goes towards Jesus. That sounds impossible, of course, but as we see, Peter's focus on Jesus is the key. It was as Peter looked at him talking to him, interacting with him, relating to him, moving in his direction, even, that Peter found himself walking on the water. And so later in the story, when Peter's focus shifted from Jesus to the wind and the waves, when his focus shifted from trust to fear, when Peter stopped moving towards Jesus, he began to sink into the sea. Bishop Hilary Poitier, writing in the 4th century, said that Peter found himself walking on the water not because he just up and decided that he could, not because he set out to do something that was miraculous or impressive, but because he was following in the footsteps of Jesus. And Hilary went on to note that as Peter followed Jesus, he ended up doing what Jesus was doing, namely walking on the water. Without being aware of it, in this moment, Peter acts like Jesus. 
And you see, being like Jesus, imitating Christ, living out Jesus' teaching, living by the light of his example, is the essence of what it means to be a Christian, to be one of Jesus' disciples. Discipleship is about following Jesus until his footsteps and ours become indistinguishable. When a group of people, baptised and living into the reality of God, strive to be like Jesus and live by his teachings and follow his example, then a compassionate, inclusive, diverse missionary community rises up because all kinds of people will want to come and follow Jesus in that way. This is the core, this is the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, a disciple is not above the teacher, It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher. Peter walking on the water was not about a magic show. It wasn't entertainment. It wasn't an attempt to impress. That's not how it works. That's not what it was about. Peter walking on the water in these moments is about Peter becoming like Jesus, doing what Jesus was doing, participating in God's mission in the world, becoming the hands and the feet, the heart and the face of Jesus. Teresa of Avila, the 16th century Spanish mystic, put it much better than I will ever be able to do when she said, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. It's about, I mean, she said it in Spanish, but, you know, the translation will do. It's about having our focus on Jesus, following his footsteps, becoming Jesus' hands and feet in the world. Discipleship is about loving as Jesus loves and giving as Jesus gives and forgiving as Jesus forgives, welcoming and including as Jesus welcomes and includes, doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly with our God, just as Jesus did. Matthew's version of the story concludes with Jesus telling the disciples to go and make disciples. Go and be my hands, my feet, my voice. Change the world. And if we want to take seriously the charge to put that into practice, it has significant implications for how we live. We come, we learn, we live differently, as we said last week. It has implications for how we live as individuals and how we do life together. The unity of the church, of our church, of the church with a big C, exists when we look together towards Jesus. We're bound together as we look at the mystery and beauty and glory and friendship of Christ. It's not about saying the same words at the same time. It's not about thinking and liking all the same things. It's about looking together in the same direction. And so the question then becomes, how do we equip and encourage and energize ourselves as the church of Christ to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to be his hands and his feet in the world, to grow as communities where we make disciples and send them out to transform the world. How do we help each other do that? Focus on Jesus 
and keep placing the good news front and centre of our lives. Someone's giving us the answer. It's impressive. How we encourage us all to grow deeper in our relationship with the living God, with the Holy Spirit, in prayer and rest and spiritual direction. This is our challenge in this moment, and indeed in every moment. And so in Matthew's Gospel, we have these two dimensions to discipleship. We follow in Jesus' footsteps, and we become Jesus' hands and feet in the world. At the same time, we become more aware of where Jesus might be calling us to serve. In Matthew 25, we're told precisely where we can find Jesus. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. It's in the cry of human need, in the ache of the human heart, in the faces of those who are downcast, in the lives of those who are pushed away and pushed out by others. There, in our sister and brother, we see the face and hear the voice of Jesus Christ. To become his disciple, therefore, is to follow Jesus into the world and to search for him in the lives of those around us, to seek and serve him in all people, and to love our neighbour. Sometimes that will look like service and outreach with things like the food bank and parish nursing. Sometimes that will look like works of justice, like eco-church, or putting our inclusion statement into practice. Always it involves working to build a better church and a better world for those who are marginalised in too many spaces. Sometimes it is about compassion and listening and kindness. Sometimes it's about taking action, standing up, making change. But what it is always, always about for us, before it is ever about anything else, is about following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, focusing on him, serving him, telling others about him. He is the centre of our worship and our life together. And if it ever becomes anything else, we know we have taken the wrong road. Jesus said to his first disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And friends, while this can seem very daunting, where on earth do we start? I want to encourage you to be up for starting all the same. Never underestimate the power and impact of the decisions that you might make in these coming days for Jesus, the changes you make, the actions you take, the things that you say. So many of us are here this morning as disciples of Jesus ourselves because somebody did something once that made it possible for us to hear the story of Jesus. Were it not for the lady who came and sat next to my mum at the toddler group and invited her along to something, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing now. Now, like so many of us, she might have been absolutely petrified of speaking to a new person that day. I'm not expecting that she did that confidently or willingly or even enthusiastically. But she knew in her moment that was what she was supposed to do. And because of that, a whole train of things was set in motion. I don't know if that lady will ever know that that's the impact that one moment had. But you see that our life could be full of those moments. It is full of those moments. In the late 1930s, a black woman and her young son were walking down a street in South Africa. This is a true story. And a white priest in a long cassock, I 
totally up for that any time that the church wants to go down, just so you know. Right? So, in a long cassock, was walking towards them. As he approached them, he tipped his hat, as a gentleman would do in those days when a white lady passed by. Years later, the little boy would tell the story, and he said, You could have knocked me down with a feather that day. He doffed his hat to my mother. Now that seemed a perfectly normal thing, I suppose, for him. But for me, for us, it was almost mind-boggling that a white man would doff his hat to my mother, a black woman, who was really a non-entity in our nation in those days. Now the priest, it turns out, was a missionary monk of the Anglican Community of the Resurrection, Obviously good at naming things in those days. But that day, I believe that the hands that tipped that hat to that woman and her son were the hands of Jesus Christ. Those hands were responding to the presence of Jesus in the people walking towards them on that road. And that one act of grace and respect had a huge impact on that little boy who in turn would grow up to have a huge impact on that nation and the world. For the little boy, walking with his mother that day, grew up to be the Archbishop of Cape Town, a key player in the movement against the injustices of apartheid. His name was Desmond Tutu. And it was a journey that began with a hat tip on the road. So friends, where are you going to tip your hat this week. Metaphorically, I'm guessing none of you are wearing hats this morning. What will each of us do to signify that the king and the kingdom we serve has different values and priorities? Will we ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the face of God in the people that we'll meet? How do we nudge things in a different direction? What steps can we take to live by the values of the kingdom of God? The letter to the Hebrews sums it up rather well. Therefore, since we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us show off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And here it is, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So let us, me and you, become rededicated, re-consecrated, recommitted to the work of making disciples of Jesus who will make a difference in the world. Let us become like Peter and again fix our gaze firmly on Jesus Christ so that we can become his hands and feet in the world. Let's go out as witnesses to the remarkable life-changing love of God that we have come to know in Christ. Go therefore and witness to the justice and compassion and forgiveness of God. Go and help God end the nightmare this world shows us and help us realize God's dream. Go and become the hands and feet, the face and embracing arms of our Lord Jesus Christ in this world. Go, go, go. Jesus is waiting. Jesus is calling. Jesus goes with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.